right, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Go With The Flow, um, episode 15. Um, we, it was, you know, to, I got in the studio, studio was reorganized, had to move some mics around, memory card was full, I had to go delete that, took me a few tries. Shout out to David, he's a little genius, I couldn't figure out how to do it. But let's just say, it, we got in here and the forces were trying to conspire against us, but we didn't let it happen. Minor setback for Major Trump. Exactly, exactly. But, 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 we have a very, very special guest in the building, um, my friend Gabby Carter. Welcome to the show, Gabby. Oh, yes. Thank you for, yes, as she said, first of all, we are recording on February 4th, 2022. As she said, it is a rainy day. And honestly, I feel like that's just, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's a rainy day today. I don't know if he knows, but bicker decisions came out. So it's kind of like, there's a lot hanging in the air. Child, Tiger Confessions is going to be real juicy. Yes, yes, it will. There's a lot hanging in the air, but it's okay. We don't let any of that get in the way. We are, we are here to, to film what I know, record and film. Yes, and film, what I know will be a great podcast. But the way I always start the episodes, I have my guests introduce themselves. So tell me where you're from, stuff you do on campus, and then just any other general intro that you would want the people to know. Okay, awesome. Hello, everyone. My name is Gabriella Carter, also known as Girl with Gabby. I'm a senior at Princeton studying medical anthropology, and I'm getting two certificates, one in African American studies and the other in gender and sexuality studies. On campus, I'm the co-founder and co-president of Our Health Matters, which is a club dedicated to catering to black women's holistic health, so our mental health, professional health, and other things of the sort. I'm also a member of the Black Arts Company and Dorabuchi Dance Company. I've done a few other things, but that's mainly where I put my energy now. I'm in a space where I'm like investing in things that are also invested in me, so yeah. Love that, and that that's a that's a your pretty stacked resume right there. You're still pretty involved. I'm, yeah, I, I'm someone who at this point I've really just dropped everything. Now I'm just chilling, but I respect but it. But you have your podcast too. Honestly, you're right. But for me, this is just fun. I okay. I just I really enjoy doing this. This is like my weekly therapy session, so I don't even see it as work. Wow, that's good. Well, shameless self plug, but that sounds like a good hobby. And like for my most recent scholarship that I released, it's called Hobbies Matter. It's due March 31st. Y'all should apply. There you Gabriella go. Apply. And we'll, yeah, we'll get all into the scholarships. Yeah. Yes. But um, the reason I made that the subject for the essays, because I was like, wow, like a lot of the things that I've done have started out as hobbies. But like after you're able to monetize it or like people start recognizing you for doing it or you just do it for a long time, like it doesn't get to be fun anymore. And it's really important to have something to do that really nourishes you so i'm glad the podcast is out there for that too. exactly thank you and ex- we will get much more into your scholarships in a little bit but Beautiful. actually so you mentioned our health matters yeah. um and i remember this was a club that you and was it maya started yes maya Ma- hauser yeah shout out maya this is our sophomore year yes so could you just explain why exactly that this was a club that you felt was necessary to to be created yeah of course um, I'm not going to act like there aren't already clubs on campus that cater to black women, like shout out to PAVW, um, BSU, even though they don't really have like a focus on gender, but Maya and I just felt it was really essential for black women to have a space that was really dynamic and reflected like our multidimensional needs, especially as it pertains to mental health. That was like a really primary point because it's super hard to practice self-care, um, being at a school like Princeton is incredibly rigorous on many fronts, academically, but also like socially. 
Um, and something that a lot of black women face, especially darker black women, is misogynoir. As, and that's basically like a combination of racism and colorism. Um, by nature of their gender. So we were just really seeing how that can tend to weigh on us. And we didn't want to have to internalize it. And the best way to, like, not have to bask in that is to do so in community, like, to be with other black women. That's always been a very restorative space for me. Um, so we wanted to make space for that, as well as, like, having cool professional events. Um, like, we've done quite a few, like, resume-type things. We've partnered with different Fortune 500 companies to offer... Um, the people in our club, different opportunities. And then we just had, like, a black women's wellness retreat. Which I was about to ask you about that. I just saw that on your IG. I was like, you came up from Mexico and to the (laughs) retreat. I was like, too much, too much retreating. No, I'm kidding. All gas, no breaks. We definitely needed to start the year off right because, like, senior spring, this is the least number of classes that I'm taking. Like, I'm taking two PDF. Well, I'm PDF on one of them. And then one's a PDF-only class and then the other's for a grade. But I don't know how I used to take five classes. I had a yep. six-class semester, too. Six, Let's first of all, six-class semesters are, did you do that because you had to or because you're like, all right, let me do a little more than I mm, than I need to? A little bit of both. Like, I could have taken another five-class semester, but I really just wanted to bump down to four after that. So I had a requirement that I had to meet, and then I was also like, okay, it's online, so it won't be that bad. Spoiler alert, it was terrible. Like, <laughs> would never do that again. But that was also the semester where I was off campus living with friends. And that's something that I kind of wish we had the opportunity to do still. Um, but it is what it is. The li- living off campus with friends? Yeah. At least, like, the way that they allowed us to during COVID. Because they were, they were really incentivizing people to live off campus. Oh, true. With the fu- Yeah, they would, like, uh, subsidize some of the costs and all that yeah. different stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was like, say less. Yeah. But okay, a little bit more about a little bit more about the retreat. Mm-hmm. Where was that? How many girls went? How was like? How did you rate it? Yes. Was it a success? How, how was that experience? That was in the Poconos. We took thirty black women, wow. not just undergraduates either. There were grad students, a couple faculty and staff, which was really important. Um, and shout out to Melissa Thompson, Dean Thompson, who works in Otis as well. Like she was such an integral part of allowing this to even be possible in the first place and then vp calhoun too who really um championed for us to get a lot of funding like on top of that she got us all copies of one of bell hooks's books and like tickets to i can't remember the show but i think it was in um what's the name of the theater mccarter mccarter yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah um so that was really beautiful but honestly the even though the retreat happened this year this is something that i've been thinking about since my freshman year just not in like formalized terms i would always talk to dean thompson and be like yeah it kind of i'm not gonna lie it kind of sucks here especially <laughs> to, as a black woman um and she would be like we should have a time for us to just like be away from campus and be in a different headspace so that we can reset before we come here and that ultimately ended up happening this semester but one of my favorite things about it was that we were very intentional about having like a yoga instructor come in we did a hike um to some waterfall it was in the snow though so i was <laughs> while we were on the hike i was like oh my goodness like, next, we ne- next one to mexico <laughs> yeah we could just get this one out get some funding shout out to here precisely precisely <laughs> but like we had so many self-care <clears throat> items like a yoga mat that we gave um like we had this whole tote bag and it has a zipper at the top because side note that's one thing that really bothers me about the telfar bags now like i have two telfar bags real cute yes but why does it not have a zip at the top like this 
bothers me. Loki, as you're speaking, I'm just going to Google yes, tell far back so I know tell exactly far, what you're talking about. If you're listening, about. please put a zipper on the top of your bag. Like, especially when it's raining outside. I don't want my books uh, to get wet. There's no zipper on this bag? No, it's just like a little button. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah. All right, th- this will reach the right people. They'll figure it exactly. out. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, other things we had was a journal, um, some black-owned hair care products. We ordered from a black-owned bakery nearby. Like It was just very intentional to support our community while nourishing our own souls. So I'm really glad that we were able to put this on. Yeah, and that's great that you're able to do that, especially kind of like you said, it's something that you mentioned freshman year, and now you're manifested, although I'm sh- obviously there was probably a lot of legwork and mm-hmm. logistical work that had to be put in but it's just cool to see something like that come full circle where mention it freshman year senior mm-hmm. spring finally able to able to make it happen but before we go on any further the thing that i wanted to lead with we are we are in the presence of a true celebrity right here ah. so if you are if you are listening please go go to the canvas website and on the login page i would like you to take a look at who is on the screen right there. Yeah. We are we are graced with the presence of the Canvas star. Yeah. So, first question about that. Um, for, how does it even how does it feel to be a cover star? Honestly, I forget sometimes. Until people <laughs> ask me and they're like, is that you? Is that or you? Like, yeah. I'm frantically checking to start doing my homework and I'm like, oop, that's there, me. There you go. <laughs> so yeah, it is surreal. I just wish Princeton would have ran me a bag for being on their homepage. Low key, that was my next question. Yeah. They didn't cut you a check? They didn't. Did they at least ask you to be put no. on? They didn't even ask your permission? Oh wait, no, 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 they did. I okay. thought you said, did they ask me if I wanted to get paid? Oh, okay, no, no, no. Because that would have okay. a different story. Yeah, 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 yeah. But the whole backstory is like, I worked at, um, the digital learning lab for around a year right before we got kicked off of campus and one of the days like they were trying to shoot students or whatever but people weren't really in the treehouse so they didn't want to be photographed and then i came in for my shift and they were like do you want to be photographed i was like hell yeah yeah, my edges yeah today. always like, done yeah always ready yep <laughs> exactly my bum was looking good have my edges looking nice i put my lashes on i was like yeah i'm picture ready period <laughs> so then they took the picture and i didn't know they were going to put it like on the site but here we are. On the campus. Every time I go to log into my guy, I'm like, oh, shit, there's Gabby again. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, okay. And so, just real quick, you said that you're a medical anthro major. Yes. Are you pre-med? Absolutely not. <laughs> no. Good answer. Me neither. <laughs> what, what, why the major? I'm just out of curiosity. Um, that's the thing that interested me the most. Like, I think that's something that I'm really proud that I had the freedom to do when I came into college. Like I was really just exploring. I mm-hmm. came in neuro, then I went to what? psych. I'm neuro, so you could we could have been. Mm. Yeah, I know. <laughs> could have been in the trenches together. Now you got out. You smart. <laughs> <laughs> but it ultimately came down to what I wanted to write about and what I care about because we had to write our JPs and our senior theses. And I just like the anthropological framework. And with medical anthropology, I can look at more holistic. Um, methods of care, which is something I do with OHM. That's always been a passion of mine, especially in relation to mental health. So, like, with my um, senior thesis, I'm studying psychedelics and how it relates to how people form new relationships to themselves and others. And I wouldn't really be able to explore that in the same way if I did a different major. Yeah, gotcha. And it sounds like it's something that you're interested in. You just said it's something that you're interested in researching. But kind of the last episode that I recorded, we had a, a discussion about just the thesis in general, Mm -hmm. do you think senior thesis should be optional or required as they are? Nah, it would be real cute if it was optional. (laughs) (laughs) I might opt out. But I mean, on one front, it's nice that um, we can graduate from here with something that's like published, you know, because you have to put in a lot of time and energy into it. 
But I don't think it should be mandatory because, or at least in relation to the other requirements, like I have quite a few friends who have reached their class requirements or reached their major requirements, but we still have to take three classes minimum a semester or like six classes throughout the school year. So that on top of a thesis, after you just wrote one to two JPs, it's a lot. That's what I'm saying. Sometimes Princeton just does the absolute most. So, yeah. you know, hopefully we could build up some sort of movement to get the make a, a senior thesis optional. Yeah. Um, but, okay, so there was a article that came out this in the past week on the topic of the university guidelines. And so the, the title says, University Lifts 20-Person Event Capacity Limit for Undergraduates. Mm-hmm. So you read that title, you're like, oh, my God, amazing. We're finally going to be able to be back to normal. And then you scroll a little bit further. You keep scrolling. You keep scrolling. It says um, the off-campus limits are gone. But um, where is this line? Where is this line? Large indoor social events in eating clubs specifically are still postponed until further notice. And so even as someone, whether or not you might, however way you feel about the eating clubs, does it make sense to you that we can cram 50 people in a dorm room, but the largest buildings on campus that are meant for socializing, we still can't have social events there. I think you answered the question yourself. Honestly. Yeah, I know. I, I just see this. Okay, see, this is this is where my, my I need to improve my, my jur- not journalistic, like interviewing, interview phrase. I need to phrase the questions better because I try to ask it without mm-hmm. answering it myself. I don't. I don't even know how to rephrase it. But it's that. difficult to not be emotionally charged, though, because it does seem counterintuitive, especially even outside of, like, being able to congregate in spaces outside of the eating clubs, but, like, classrooms. Even when the 20-person ban was there, we still have to go to class in person. And what if I'm in a lecture hall with 50 to 100 people? Like, I could be doing what I have to do. I could be adhering to the guidelines, but it really doesn't matter when there are so many people there anyway. Um, so yeah, it just kind of seems like they're picking and choosing where they want people to congregate. And then like Princeton is in the middle of nowhere, in my opinion, like it's not, it's close enough to New York, but that's like a whole hour and a half away. And it's hard to get outside of the orange bubble. So really all we have is the eating clubs as like the bastions of social life and to not allow students, especially students who this is their first time on campus or their last time on campus to engage with that. Yeah, it definitely kind of sucks. Yeah, and honestly, especially those of us who it's our last year. Because again, I've been I've been selfish this year. Freshmen, sophomores, you got two more years of this. Those <laughs> who just joined, congrats, you got and two more years. And they got a new residential college coming up. And they got that juniors, you got next year. This is my senior year. I don't care about anybody else. I want to have my fun here because this is my last semester of college. So again, you can pack according to these new rules, fifty people in a, a four-person dorm room. But the biggest buildings on campus that are made for socializing were not allowed to have parties in. What kind of sense does that make? Again, it there has never been any type of consistency in the rules that they've made ever since COVID started. They've been just scrambling to to do whatever and say whatever. Maybe when me. they send the emails at like eleven o'clock. They and then send, they take back what they said. They send the emails at the worst time. I think they sent one over. They sent they sent the the gathering restriction one. I believe over winter break when I was in vacation. It just like ruined my. Well, no, it ruined like my five minutes. Mm-hmm. But even don't ruin five minutes of my vacation. Don't even Period. do that. Just the that timing means. of the emails could always be better. The emails that they sent to the international students, which I don't even think I've covered so messed up. on this. Yeah, so they send out this this alarmist email to international on students. On Dean's Day. It was. I didn't even know that. Saying that if um, by any chance. 
fans, due to Omicron, the borders closed and they weren't able to get back in the country, they would have to take a whole year off and there's no way Princeton could accommodate them because learning would be fully in person. And I know a lot of people who, because of that, international students, they stayed in the country, they weren't able to see their families just because of this one alarmist email. And then at the end of the day, Omicron was Omicron. Nowhere really shut down their borders that crazy. So if they would have traveled, they would have been able to come back. But ju that's just the instance of, like, who is not like a PR team, but whoever is just making these decisions, things aren't really being that well thought through, whether it's the timing or the tone of the email. So mm -hmm. it's just very frustrating. I've been here for four, four years, eight semesters, five out of eight, which have been affected by COVID. It's just a lot that's of... Crazy. I know. Think about that. We're seniors, and we've had five out of eight semesters affected by COVID. Wow. Yeah. And it's just been a lot of annoyances over the last five semesters. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I just wanted to rant about that. There really wasn't so. really wasn't much of a question there. No, I just wanted sucks, to talk about though. it. When I saw that email, I was like, what if I was an international student who already like bought my plane tickets, was so excited to see my family, and my final hurdle was taking these exams. Yeah. And now in the midst of my exams, I also had to figure out like how I'm going to live on campus or live in the surrounding area because I can't go home. Like It was incredibly tone-deaf and insensitive to international students. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So Princeton, as is, as is, with the, as is the case with most things, just do better. <laughs> do better. Um, but okay, now moving on to way more fun topics. <laughs> way more fun. The Black Ivy Vacay. Yeah. So, <laughs> Katie, <laughs> you want to just say, I'm just getting excited just thinking about it, just even saying it. Could you explain to the people what this trip was? Mm -hmm. Well, Black Ivy Vacay was a trip that was curated by Dom and Addis. Um, Dom goes to UPenn. She's also a YouTuber. Y'all should check out her content. Shout out Dom and, and Addis. Addis is her boyfriend who goes to Columbia. And it really started out by Dom just posting on her story. She was like, who wants to take a trip? And I was like, sure, why not? <laughs> like, she DM'd me, too. She DM'd a few other people. And at that point, it was just kind of like, uh an abstract idea, but it ended up materializing into a vacation of 20 Ivy League students, 30. plus Shaddai, oh, 30, 30, yeah. 30, <laughs> yeah. advertisement. 30 Ivy League students, um, plus Shaddai from Stanford, and it was really just to congregate for vibes, which is something that I'm really appreciative of, because usually when Ivy League students, especially black Ivy League students, get together, it's for, like, a, a conference that's for, like, finance or I don't know, something that is related to professional academics. But it's also important to just have fun and make memories together. Just vibe out. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. That's what it was. Black <laughs> Ivy Vacay was just 30 people vibing, having a grand-ass time in Mexico. Exactly. And so I didn't. So I must have missed this original story post that you're talking about. Because oh. the way that I found out about it was I was in the city this summer. Um, I was going to be on her oh no so I, I did so she posted on her story saying that she was looking for people in the city to be on one of her oh yeah I did youtube that too. um yeah one of which her, video did you do i did the like uh ivy league wall street one. Oh, cool which did she one? post that yet she did post it okay. which one did you do i did i think like advice okay. for i don't know students yeah I think yeah i just did an advice one and did that one come out yet no. Okay. Yeah, mine came out only like a month ago. But so when I was when I met up with her in person, met her. That's when I met Addis for the first time in person. That's when they told me about the trip. And this mm -hmm. was end of summer. They're like, "Would you be down?" I'm like, "Are you serious? Uh, <laughs> Mexico with 30 other Black Ivy League students? What? Who would say no to this?" So signed up. It was it was a phenomenal time. It was something that again, kind of like you said, 
we just went to Mexico. We just had a very fun vacation. But at the same time, I feel like just the concept of such a large group of students who are at these schools who, again, when you, I don't want to repeat everything you said, but usually when we're gathering like this, it's not for just the, the sole purpose of just having a good ass mm-hmm. time. It's always, there's some other motive, whether it's the, I'm forgetting the like Ivy, like Ivy business conference mm-hmm. or something that happens. It's something along those lines. And so just to be able to go and just meet a bunch of cool ass people and even there was, like, informal – it is informal networking. Anytime mm-hmm. you're meeting that many new people, it is networking. But networking doesn't always have to be formal. We don't have to be exactly. wearing suits. It doesn't have to be in a conference center. Mm-hmm. So, again, just meeting everyone, seeing all the great stuff that people were involved in. It was – It was. I was very glad that I signed up, and it was something that we're going to try to be doing at least once a year every year, and it was mm-hmm. definitely cool to be a part of. And um, I think it was just funny how – because Dom was saying that – Again, shout out to Dom. She, imagine, I can't meet, I have a group of five friends. We met up one time last semester. One time. And we're all on the same campus. Imagine getting 30, 30 college students to fucking Mexico. Who had never really all met each other before. Yes, yes. The logistical planning when there was one thing that was needed, she would message every single one of us. She's a superstar. She's great. But yeah, also, how many people did you know going in? Well, I knew you. I knew, like, actually, since I lived in New York over the summer for my internship, I got to meet quite a few people. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say that I actually knew, like, four or five people. Same I had here. seen other people before on, like, social media or LinkedIn, and I knew we had mutual friends, but I didn't know them until we got there. Same here. For me, it was Dom Addis. Had met Tariq, actually, funny enough, senior of high school at Duke BSAI, which was the accepted students <gasps> overnight day. I'm so day. sad I didn't go to that. To oh this day, God. to this day, I, st- I talk about BSAI and Duke way too much, As but that was such, an, again, networking, phenomenal networking opportunity because we were all high school students. So this is when you get accepted. They actually told us we got accepted. That was kind of cool. It's like, oh, my. Yeah. they sat us down. We all dressed up like, by the way, you got it. I'm like, oh, my God, no way. <laughs> but um, so it was when you get accepted. They host you for like four or five days with the mm-hmm. Black Student Alliance Invitational. They show you around. We ate ice cream with the president of Duke. They just wine and dined us. It was really cool. But not everyone who was there ended up going to Duke. There were probably mm-hmm. like, I don't know, 1,500 of us. Mm-hmm. And so just based off of that alone, that's how I had friends from Yale, friends from Penn, friends mm-hmm. from Harvard. So that was just really cool. So that's, um, so Tariq I knew had met Gene when I went to Harvard, Yale, fresh sophomore year, which mm-hmm. if anyone could ever make it to Harvard, Yale, Go, go, yeah, go. Yeah, I went to my first one this year. It's Liddy. Yeah, I went for this. This is my second time going. And it's just annoying that we don't really have a rivalry like that where people yeah. will show up in droves for one Ivy League game. So it's kind of cool to go there. People from all the different Ivy Leagues go. That was that was a fun time. Mm-hmm. But yes, yeah, so I knew you, uh, Addison, Dom, even just for a short time, Tariq and Jean. So mm-hmm. just five. And then everyone else had never met before. And when I tell you, I came in and my biggest fear was... I'm probably not going to focus on other people. Like, mm-hmm. ah, it's a big group. There's a lot of heads. It is. And at the end of the day, I was like, I love each and every single one of you. No, actually. Everybody was so beautiful, so vibrant, really cool. And it's like, even though we weren't touting our different, like, accomplishments or the things that we're involved in at the forefront, like, you just know that everybody is excellent yep. in their own way. Like, we had an Olympian. Shout an out Olympian. to Ari. Shout out to Ari, yep. You know, we had... We got uh, we got Sheck. We get, what what was he? He was like uh what magazine like Black some, Gen Capital. Wait, what Black was Gen, his name? 
I forgot. I'm not gonna put that on here, but the, <laughs> I don't even know your reference. No, the that superlatives to... at oh, the end. Oh, his yeah, was the yeah. funniest one, but yeah, that's either here or there. If you know, you know. Um, but yeah, it was just a beautiful space, a beautiful time. Super glad I went. Can't wait to do it again. And um, Nia and Dom's birthday is next week. Yeah. So we're gonna be going to New York to celebrate that. Nice little mini reunion. But exactly. what what would you say was your favorite part of the trip? Hmm. I think, in retrospect, this is my favorite part, but when we were going through it, swimming in the caves, oh my goodness. As soon as my body hit the water, I was like, is this an ice bath? It took me back to um, high school when, like, after track competitions or before we would have to run, like, we would be taking ice baths and stuff. Like, that was actually pretty grueling, but it was a bonding experience because we all went through that together. The water pelting us in the um, face from those aggressive waterfalls like but that was my favorite because that's not something I would ever do willingly and yeah. I wouldn't do it by myself but I got to share that with all of y'all yeah and to just to explain further there were these caves which I'm forgetting what there's like Wait, a go there's like a name. name for them and I'm forgetting the name of them and Gabby will look them up and find them and there's these caves and there's honestly I'm I can't even really I don't know how to describe it I just need to find the name and have you google it because it was also it was very cool and we couldn't really take pictures because everything was getting wet exactly um, so when you find the name we will say that but for me I other than the simple fact of meeting a bunch of cool people my I think my favorite specific thing that we did was probably the boat tour mm-hmm. and i'll get to tour here in a second yeah. shout Wait, out the shout cenotes out. we swam in cenotes swam, swam in cenotes so google that you'll see it very very cool oh. it, also something that i wouldn't do willingly but yeah. i was like everything was a surprise i didn't have to pay for it yeah so. exactly shout out tour <laughs> <laughs> at this point it's just a running joke shout out shout out tour yeah here. but Torio, we're gonna have to talk about the boat because the boat <laughs> that we were supposed to get and the boat that we got were not the same things. What? How do you know that? Because low-key... No, the trip is over. She's not going to be mad. But um, I knew beforehand because, like, they... I was on a few meetings that she had with Tour Heroes, so, like, Um. I knew that they were going to sponsor quite a few of our activities. I didn't know to the extent, um, but, like, I got to see the Tour Hero page beforehand, which showed all of our activities, and they had pictures of the boat that we were supposed to get. And, and that what was boat, this boat supposed to look like? Let me go find it. Yeah, pull that up. Pull that up, please. And the in the boat meantime, had, like, beds on it and stuff. But um, in the meantime, I'll describe what Tour Hero was. And the okay. amount of times that I had to tell this story after I came back to campus, <laughs> people were like, "What even is Tour Hero?" So. We, like we said, Dom planned this trip, and then in the last, like, month and a half, two months, she mentioned how she had connected with this company called Tour Hero, and that if we just signed these contracts and uh, promoted them a bunch, they would sponsor all the activities that we did on the trip. And so that is exactly where they came in. But, yeah, so it was just a, a, a collaboration where we helped to promote them as a company, and they would sponsor all the activities that we did when we were there. I would say it was a very good partnership on both ends. They yeah. said the traffic increased a lot, the amount of people that have had reaching out to me. I had someone text me yesterday, literally yesterday, saying, oh, how's Tor here? I think I'm using for a trip. Exactly. So the I, way we're actually brand ambassadors and influencers. Hey, yeah. Exactly, exactly. And so that's where Tor Hero came in. But, yeah, I think the, the boat, tour that we did that was really fun get on the boat there was a dj a lot of alcohol the way everyone knocked out (laughs) that That was funny that was funny but yeah so it was a good time um and 
since you've been back, have you had people tell you that you've shown up in their sponsored ads on Instagram? Mm, no. Really? Because I didn't do the video interview as early as everybody else did. But the fact that they were using a video interview for paid ads, yeah, nah. <laughs> that no, was crazy. No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't that video. That's not the. It's the the one where you know how they made a specific video for each school. Yeah. When we did our photo oh, they shoot, they were pushing those. the one of us two, which we look good. We look like we're having a great Period. time. It wasn't the video one they pushed for us, but those the amount of people around campus who have told me you came up in my sponsored ads, they sent me screen recordings, yeah, and it was the one crazy. of us just like vibing. Whoa. And I don't know how these algorithms are so good. Let's at, get into that. At every single school, it's wherever you go that you mm-hmm. are going to be showing up. So we're showing up for Princeton students. Dom's yeah. going to show up for Penn students. Yeah, it goes back to, like, when you authorize brands or apps to, like, use your location because they're basically using you as a satellite and comparing that to other people who are in your locality and seeing, oh, what brands are they engaging with? What do they like? Who do they follow? And that's how they're able to get you, like, really curated ads that, like, the whole really beautiful thing about like advertising and marketing even though it is kind of sinister at the same time is that they're showing you things that they think that you want before you even know that you could potentially want it so some people might not even be thinking about a vacation but they see that somebody else on your campus went on vacation so they're going to show you them having the grand time of their life and you're going to be like damn i want to go on vacation vacation and use a specific company to do it exactly they're genius they Mm -hmm. know they know what they're doing they know what they're doing but yeah it is kind of scary. But again, shout out to our hero. Yeah. Black Ivy Vic. It was fun. Looking forward to running back Period. many, many, many years in the future. Um, and yeah. So now moving on to you being being an influencer. Since you yeah. to be Tor Hero, this was just like the this was just a, another day for you. You're, you're <laughs> used to the whole influencer lifestyle. Um, so you have your TikTok, your YouTube mm-hmm. called Growing with Gabby. Yeah. Could you just explain exactly what, what that is? Yeah, Grow With Gabby is a dynamic online brand, hoping to transfer it to in-person in the next coming years. But essentially, I help students secure scholarship success. And I've been able to do that because I accumulated over $2 million in scholarships myself um, from the time I was a high school senior up until now. And I always naturally got questions about it, and I would just be answering. But whenever I position myself in a way online where people could see um, the advice that I was giving. Like, there's a certain type of gravitas that my content had that made people feel, like, seen or inspired. And they could take, like, the knowledge I gave them about how I write essays, how I found scholarships, the different scholarships I offer that I share about. And that has helped over 300,000 students um, in their respective scholarship journeys. And one of the things I'm proudest of today is that at least that I know of, um, from, like, the 20 or 30 different students who have reached out to me and shown me, like, screenshots, they've, across, um, like, all of them, they've earned over $300,000 in scholarships. So it's like, wow, like, I was simply just posting into a void because there wasn't too much content that I was able to seek out that helped me win scholarships, so I wanted to, like, pay that forward, and now other people are able to go to college either debt-free or with significantly less debt because of my advice, so that's cool. Yes, quick rewind. You said you got $2 million in scholarships. How does that even, how is that possible? Are you able to pocket Mm -hmm. the rest? How how, How does that work? It is a very nuanced and niche topic and i had to learn a lot of this by myself but long story short i don't get to pocket the two million dollars oh, you should That'd i know be <laughs> that, would, that would be sitting pretty that would be real nice um but the two million dollars is made like 
that's an accumulation of all the different scholarship offers I um, got. So say, for instance, like with Duke, I also got into Duke and they gave me um, a full ride. So then whatever amount that is would add or contribute towards the 200, the $2 million. And then um, that goes in tandem with all the other colleges that I got accepted to. So that's just a basically the number of all the scholarship offers I received. Some of those scholarships were conditional on me attending that school in order mm-hmm. to get that money. Um, and obviously I chose Princeton, but Princeton doesn't give scholarships. They're a um, need-based institution like a lot of other Ivy League schools or top 20 schools in general. So scholarship displacement is a whole big thing. And if you want to learn more about that, you can go to my YouTube channel. It's called GSC Royalty. And the video specifically where I break this down is called um, what scho- what schools really do with your scholarship money. Yeah, I had to learn the hard way that it doesn't matter how much in scholarship money that I brought to Princeton. Based on your FAFSA and your parents' income or your income, depending on how you file, like they're going to determine a number for you to pay, and you're going to have to pay that number. Yeah, um, and just real quick on that topic, because I, th- I was going through your YouTube page to help me get ready for this conversation, and I saw your videos when you got into Harvard, and it said that that was your dream school. Oh, I did not get into Harvard, child. Don't be lying on the internet. Harvard was, rejected was, me. I got into on. Stanford. What? Oh, okay. See, yeah. I, okay. I was scrolling through the thumbnails. I swore it looked yeah, like, yeah. okay, okay, my no, bad. I got rejected <laughs> to Harvard from Me Harvard, too. Hey, it's okay. I also exactly got rejected. Shout here. out Harvard. We didn't need y'all anyway. Exactly. Here, yep. You can definitely go for a round two, though. to go to Stanford that was my dream school I had never visited Stanford I had never visited Princeton but I just felt like high school musical was set there it's sunny it's in California like the vibes were just giving vibes were you would have seen Gabriella there just walking around exactly Exactly. as it should have been it was destiny her name was Gabriella like come on so then what 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 happened how do we how do how are we blessed to have you in Princeton if you wanted to go to Stanford I just had a lot of great options like I was in a really good place i had a lot of full rides to schools in florida which i was considering taking because that would have been a more financially fruitful decision but at the end of the day princeton has been like ranked the number one school for years and every time i say this on the internet people are like no it's harvard what do u.s news say <laughs> exactly okay thank you exactly so yeah um princeton was number one and new jersey is obviously closer to florida which is my home than california so my parents were like you should go to princeton if it's ranked number one for a reason so i came i didn't even visit because at the time where we had like tiger days i was at states for track so i was like i'm not about to miss states my senior year <laughs> to go visit some school um, so yeah, that's how I ended up here. You were a track star in high school. What events did you do? I did hurdles. I still have the school record for the okay. 100 meter hurdles and the 400 meter hurdles. So that's something I'm really proud of. Uh, but yeah, I did that. I did softball as well. Nice. I ran track in middle school. Oh. I was a track star then. Also, I did 55 hurdles, I think it was, oh. and high jump. Only lost two high jump mates. Still remember the guys' names that I lost to. That's how much it fucking stuck with Damn. me. And then we got up to high school, and then the hurdles went from, like, knee height to waist height. And I was yeah. like, that's enough for the me. The men's hurdles will, are crazy. Yeah. I was like, I will I will go out on top. So I still claim that I'm a track star. No one can really say otherwise, because the last time I did track, I was kind of dominating, even mm-hmm. if it was in middle school. That's true. But I digress. Even to, to another little digression, high school musical, are you a fan? Honestly, you referenced I might get it in your. Okay, what are you about to say? But I don't like rewatching movies. 
So I watched it however many times I watched it when I was young, and I definitely appreciate it for what it was. The soundtrack, bangers. Especially High School Musical 2, yeah. There we go. Thank you. Yes, yes. But you still won't rewatch them? No, I just, I hate rewatching stuff. I hate rereading books. Like, I just can't. I know what's going to happen. I can't do this. See, you're a daddy. But, you, you but, no, but, it, but it's okay. But for something like a high school musical where it's a sing along, where you would watch, you rewatch it, you know, the songs, you know, the words, you may you know. Re-watch you rewatch it. I'm not rewatching it. <laughs> <laughs> and I do, and anyone who knows me knows that I, I rewatch high school musical mm-hmm. at least, <sighs> okay, at, in a calendar year. I'll watch each one at least three times. Is that like your comfort movie? That really is my comfort movie, and I I I love High School Musical. That was my childhood. Mm-hmm. I had the I had the the CD for the second movie. Not the CD. And it came and it came it came with the lyric book, so I to this day know all the words to all the songs in the second movie. First movie, most of the words. Third movie, funny enough, I so remember how. When when uh, the first and second High School Musical came out, it was a Disney Channel original. Mm-hmm. We were sitting in our homes. We could see the they would do the little trailer that had all the other movies in Disney. You got mm-hmm. so excited sitting at home. Oh shit! It's, uh, look at me getting goosebumps just thinking yeah. about it. So the first two came out that way. Third one, they said, "Oh, let's make it a fucking cinematic, whatever." So they mm-hmm. put it out in theaters, and that hurt eight-year-old, nine-year-old, however old I was, that hurt me. I was like, this isn't true to my roots. So I boycotted the movie until, actually, the start of the pandemic. And then it wasn't until March of 2020 that I finally watched High School Musical 3. Wow. And I will say, I had been missing out. Great song. Okay. Great movie. Just Want to Be With You, phenomenal. I was just walking down campus listening to it yesterday, That's singing along, should. dancing along. Yeah. This so. is a beautiful fun fact, and I do... I do think High School Musical was a great finale. Like, I definitely cried. I was like, no, not as over. They're at their graduation soon. Bro, I was in, right after I watched it, I texted some of my friends. I was like, bro, that third movie made me more emotional than my own high school graduation. Because I've been putting it off for for so long. But okay, so you have still seen them and you still do appreciate them, Mm -hmm. even though you won't rewatch them. Yes. What's your rankings in in the High School Musicals? Honestly, I'm going to put High School Musical 2 first because the ending scene where they, it was like summertime. Uh, 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 this summer has just begun. begun. Let's rock Listen. and roll and just let exactly. go. To Feel the rhythm of the drum. I could sing the whole, you thought I was playing. I'll yeah, sing every fucking word right you now. You hear me like stirring <laughs> up the lyrics? He got a cow pack. It's your time to shine. But that scene really made me excited for summer. It made me want to pool in my backyard so bad. Um, so definitely putting that first and the soundtrack, um, like work, the scene where they had like, we gotta in the work, kitchen. work yeah. to work this out, yeah. we'll make things right. The sun will shine. If yeah. uh, don't get me, I might, I might watch High School Musical today. Oh, That's uh, how excited this is getting me. But sorry, continue. Yeah, I'm gonna put that, um, first and then High School Musical one second, because I got to go my own way. Like, sometimes I will just randomly start singing that song. Like, it's so deeply embedded into my psyche. I hate to do this to you, but got to go my own way is in the second movie. You're you're for real? That's in the second What's the movie. one in the first movie that she sings with Troy? In the first movie? Are you, no. I you mean start with something it. new? No, that was in the beginning of the movie. No. Got to go my own way is most definitely you're in the lying. second movie. I know that for a fact. Again, I'm the high school musical guy. I know that for a fact. No, I got to go. That was the song. And then after, I, the next song after Got to Go My Own Way is the single best song in the three movies. Every day. Perfect song, perfect lyrics, perfect time, and the perfect movie. Damn, I so, think yes. you're right. I'm not going to lie. 
I, I, I yeah. wasn't even questioning if I was wrong. I knew I was right about that one. Yeah. You see the confidence? Yeah. yeah. Okay, well, I was still for the first one second, and then the third one is third because it's the ending. Yeah, fair enough. My ranking is one, two, three, because nothing beats the original. To this day, when I watch the whole first movie through, and it gets to um, we're all in this together at the end, I can't sit in my seat. I got to get up and dance. It gets I had, me. I like, the cheerleader uniform, too. <laughs> yeah. it, get, it gets me going. And I will agree, music-wise, second has the best music, top mm-hmm. to bottom, all hits, no misses, second, first, third. Period. And what is your favorite song in the entire series? Probably work or the is work the same song that they sang when they were on the golf course. Golf course is Troy by himself. That was bet on it. Base that song's ba- right there. Great, great song. Yeah. Baseball is um um um. Uh, oh, I don't dance. Do I don't dance. Okay. That's on the that's on the baseball. I and then this. when they were doing the work, that is uh work this out. I think that's the name of the song. It's between those two. Okay. Probably work this out. That's the first one, though. Like, my favorite. It's just... <laughs> <laughs> just the, the music in the second movie, they... Kenny Ortega, I think that's the producer's mm-hmm. name. Man doesn't miss. But I digress. See, I love that we got there from talking about your scholarships. This is important, though. <laughs> this, this is important. Cultural history. And I've always wanted to talk about high school music on the podcast, but there's never been a natural introduction mm-hmm. to it. So you mentioned, and I was like, that is that is my entrance. Stanford, high school musical. Period. Boom. There we go. There we go. But okay, so how do you... So does it work that an individual will reach out to you specifically and you help them one-on-one or more that they just go on your YouTube and mm-hmm. TikTok and then they just work with all the information that you've already put out there? It started more as the first one, but I just don't have the <clears throat> bandwidth to um, accommodate the influx of like requests. And it is very fatiguing to be a personal advisor. And the rates that I would have to charge for it to be commensurate to the, or commensurate to the amount of energy I'm putting in, especially aside from, like, my schoolwork at Princeton, I would it would be too much money, yeah. especially for students, and particularly for the students that I would prioritize helping. Um, so I've shifted to just putting out, like, content and then asking people, like, what do you want to see? And reconciling that with the different brand deals that I have, the different scholarships that I am offering and want to share about, and then just different opportunities that I find, too, because it's not just restricted to scholarships. Like, I'm starting to post a lot more grants as well, um, free classes that people can do, because, like, while scholarships are definitely amazing, they are, like, they're designed so that not everybody can win Mm -hmm. but with other opportunities like especially ones that are more foundational to allowing people to get knowledge that is like an abundance so i try to reconcile the two but yeah i don't really respond to as many like dms and emails because i literally can't like it's just too many at this point she said brand deals multiple like i said she's been an influencer guys she she does this but even kind of like on that same note even like uh when Dom posted the video about Ivy League to Wall mm-hmm. Street, similar similarly to you, you have a bunch of people reach out and you help who you can, but at a certain mm-hmm. point, it's like I can't, exactly. I can't help, I can't help on Zoom with every single person. At, at a certain point, I'm try- like, yeah, you can't, mm-hmm. you can't help everyone. Um, but okay, and is this how do you see yourself keeping this going post Princeton, if you will? Mm-hmm. I definitely will, <clears throat> but I want my content to evolve with me because there's going to be a period of my life where I'm not a student Mm -hmm. and I'm actually really looking forward to that. So like I want to do more content that's oriented around like finding yourself as a professional, finding your first apartment, learning how to cook like your first meals and such. Like I, the whole name, 
growing with Gabby, I was very intentional about creating that um, two years ago. Before I even knew what this would manifest into, I knew that one thing that's very central to me, like the most important thing to me is growth. And I don't know where that will take me. I don't know what that will look like. But I wanted a brand name that is always going to be fitting. And we're always going to be growing with Gabby. So my content is going to evolve beyond just merely scholarships. But because I have such like embodied knowledge about that, I feel like that will be like always be a part of what I do. But I definitely do see myself like offering more in-person workshops and partnering with different school districts, um, potentially making my own like scholarship database. Um, like these are just different ideas that I'm trying to materialize within the next five years. But I don't know. I also just want to like put certain things on pause and see what the professional world has to offer yeah. me. Um, but I'll always be doing growing with Gabby stuff like that. I'm always going to be working on me. So. Yeah. And I love what you said about being intentional about the name and seeing or making it a name that will be able to apply wherever you go, go with your content. Flow. Exactly. That's exactly <laughs> what I was going to say. I feel like the name of my podcast, Go With The Flows, also works mm-hmm. in that same way. I didn't make it Princeton-focused or mm-hmm. college-student-focused or whatever-focused. I will always be going with the flow. Okay. I'm always going to be flow. And it's something that mm-hmm. whichever way I want to pivot this podcast, because that's also something that I'm trying to consider. If, mm-hmm. one, do I want to keep doing this post-Princeton? I know I want to. Will I be able to? Will I have the time? Will mm-hmm. I be able to rebrand productively and accurately the way I want to. Um, and just tr- while I try to consider all that, the name of the podcast will always work. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's also um, a space I'm in right now trying to see if I was going to do this after, what would that change look like? Because right now, college student, Princeton, talking to other college mm-hmm. students, it was meant to be a podcast by college students for college students. Yeah. When I graduate, no one wants to hear me talk to college students. Mm-hmm. I don't want to talk to college students okay. <laughs> when you I graduate. Always grow. That's the beautiful <laughs> yeah. thing about starting something. Like You're not going to be the same person that you were when you started this. You're going to get so many opportunities, have so many conversations, meet different people, and it's going to take you somewhere that you didn't anticipate. And like rebranding just never gave to me. Like Even something as small as like changing your Instagram name. Mm-hmm. I've had the same Instagram name since I was in seventh grade. Okay, so we've been new. Like GSC yeah. royalty, that's sticking. It's not going anywhere. Um, but it's important for brand recognition and like for you to feel. I just feel like it's nice, like because certain brands will change their name and then it's hard to find them or yeah. it's hard to resonate with them. Um, so yeah, I'm glad that you chose something that's going to stick with you for life. But you mentioned post grad. Um, you don't know how this is going to fit in or what that's going to look like. Like, where are you going to be? What are you going to be doing? What am I going to be doing? Well, I'm, well, you're at Wall Street. As the name implied, yeah, the, the, yeah, it's, it's going to be long, long hours, especially in the first few years after mm-hmm. graduation. And which is why, like, would it be something that I did, like, on Saturdays? And even mm-hmm. if, if this summer when I interned was anything like what uh, life will be like, which it probably will, when Saturdays hit, I'm just trying to chill. Because I actually, at the start of the summer, I was like, okay, maybe I will record episodes on the weekends with the people that I'm interning with because that would help. Which, maybe I shouldn't have been lazy and I should have done that because that would have helped the growth a little bit. Mm -hmm. But I was just so tired. And then Saturday's hit, I'm like, I just want to chill. And then you're trying to coordinate schedules with people. Like, I'm supposed to be on um, someone's podcast, and I believe he works in Wall Street, too. But the way our schedules just never Never align. align. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, exactly. That's why it'll be, there's so many outside factors that will determine if if I keep this going. What about you? What are you doing after? I'm going to be in New York as well. I'm going to be doing um, marketing within a finance firm. So, I'm looking forward to that. Um, 
But yeah, we'll see what the future holds because I feel like New York is such a big city. I don't really plan to be there for too long because now is like the season where you're getting um, all your, not W-9s, but basically W-2. Your ta- yeah, W-2, your W-2s, yeah. your tax um, documents. When I saw how much money they oh, took bruh, out. Oh, bruh, bruh, <laughs> bruh, don't even, bruh. I nearly called HR. I was like, what is this? New York is, the taxes are fat. You got federal tax, you got state tax, you got New York City tax. It That's is, crazy. bruh, it's like 33% or something like that. It's, I agree. Because I also just filed taxes mm-hmm. for the first time like a week ago now. Because I need them tax returns because mm-hmm. they're Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I was, yeah, those tax numbers, the tax rates are a little insane. So I agree. New York Wait, is not a. How are you finding an apartment in New York? Because. I haven't started looking yet. I will. So I found the two guys that I'm going to be living with. Mm-hmm. One of them, he said that he, one of his friends is in real estate and he oh, said cool. that May, March, May is the best time to look because that's when the most things are on the market and prices mm-hmm. are the best. So right now it's just very, very preliminary searches. Gotcha. And then when May hits, then we'll really like hit the ground running, go to the city, look mm-hmm. at a bunch of spots. So yeah, I haven't really started a deep dive, but if you, I will connect you with this guy or his friend and i've been on zillow and street easy but (laughs) (laughs) yeah like it real slow yeah but i think even just the timing right now is and i look at my watch like i have a watch on the timing is is bad (laughs) it's not right um but okay i will oh it's like we've already done 50 minutes i bet you didn't realize we we had done that long this is a juicy episode y'all still y'all better be tuned in this is yeah this is a good episode um okay and so now um, did you have any final thing that you wanted to add about the your your scholarship, your page, Growing with Gabby? Um, check out GabriellaCarter.com. I post a bunch of scholarships there. Apply to my scholarships. I do a nice variety of no essay scholarships, essay scholarships, grants, things for business owners, college students, grad students, everybody. Um, yeah. Gotcha. Perfect. And so now, before we get to both the segments, mm-hmm. just want to reflect on, on our four years at Princeton. Um, is there, do you think that there's anything you would have done differently if you could have in the last four years? Um, I was actually thinking about this on my way here. Like, I've been in this kind of perpetual state of nostalgia, especially since senior spring hit. And maybe it's the gloomy weather that's making me want to reminisce. Or it's just, like, the stark realization that I'm actually going to graduate. Like, yep. this always felt so far. And there was always somebody who was, like, a year ahead of me. Mm-hmm. So now that it's us in this seat, um, I think I did a great job. Or, I, yeah, no, I did a great job. Yeah, talk of, your shit. Yes, um, you, you could say you did a great job. Exactly. <laughs> I did a great job of, like, trying to immerse myself in different spaces my freshman year. Like, I did cheerleading. I tried different dance groups. I was in entrepreneurship club. I had a bunch of different jobs from desk jobs, like, at the Digital Learning Lab. And that was really important for me to find what I do like and what I don't like. Um, But I think towards my, like, the latter half of my time here, I started doing things that were in the same circle. Like, even with Dorabuchi and BAC, um, it's more or less, like, the same people. Yeah. It's like, if you have a Venn diagram, it's like... I was just picking Venn. Yeah, yeah, the Venn section, (laughs) who are more or less in both of these groups. A lot of overlap. Even with our OHM, all the same. Exactly. So I don't really get to meet as many new people as I would have liked to. And especially since I'm so fatigued, like, as a senior, I wish, like, the different activities that I am choosing to spend my time in gave me the opportunity to meet even more people. Mm -hmm. But other than that, like... Fuck it. I did what I did. I said what I said. There you go. 
It is what it is. Yeah, and even for me too, I I also came in, hit the ground running, joined mm-hmm. probably too many clubs. But honestly, <laughs> maybe a good problem to have. Better to overextend yourself and mm-hmm. learn and then dial it back a little bit than to do nothing at all. Yeah. If you want if you're an incoming freshman, definitely join clubs, join clubs, mm-hmm. join clubs. That's how you meet people. So came in, joined a bunch of different clubs, saw what I wanted to do, what I didn't want to do, mm-hmm. what I wanted to be involved in. And then I think COVID is what really just switched my mindset because that hit obviously all got sent home, mm-hmm. came back senior and missed basically our whole junior year, eating clubs and all that stuff. So for me, it was like senior year. I just want to do the least possible. And that's okay. And I was like, yeah, that's and that's perfectly okay. Taking time for myself, just mm-hmm. enjoying life, enjoying college. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I don't really think there's anything I'll do differently. People always ask because I've, I'm very vocal about how I don't like being in, I don't like my major. Um, people always ask me, would, I, would you be a different major? Honestly, not really, because I think that path led me to where I am now, and mm-hmm. I like where I am now. If I don't, if I don't know if I, I don't know if, um, if I didn't start uh, pre med engineering and then switch to neuroscience and then just go on the path that I did, if I would be going where I was after Princeton, like everything really just happened for a reason, uh-huh. really helped my story. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. I don't don't really think I would change much. Mm-hmm. It's I like how I I I like how I've navigated Princeton. I'll say. Yeah. The yeah. present can only be as it is based on all the things that have happened in the past. So you put it beautifully. Like, we are where we are because of who we were and the people that we met and the things that we did. So Yeah, you put, that even, you put that even more beautiful. That was just <laughs> so poetic. God damn. Okay. And so how would you say, because, again, you said you wanted to go to Stanford, now Princeton, yeah. four years. How do you ultimately feel about your decision to come here? And be honest. Mm, no, I definitely have my days <laughs> where I'm like, why did I come here? Like, this is not for me. The cold weather, the feelings of isolation, how small the school is, like not even just campus-wise, but there are only around 5,000 students. Like in Florida, most of the schools are anywhere from 20,000 to 50,000 students. So I didn't even think about how that would dramatically impact my experience here. I don't really like Jersey as a state. Hey, well, like, okay, too far, too far. Don't, 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 come, from a, don't come from my state, yep. <laughs> yeah, it's just not for me. I don't think I chose a school that was, like, the best fit for me holistically, but it is a good fit for me academically. But I definitely underestimated, like, how important it is to probe into, like, the aspects of social life and um, different things that a school can offer you outside of the classroom. Yeah, gotcha. And what before we get to both segments, what advice would you give to any, if there were any income in 2026 is listening right now? Mm-hmm. That is who they are. Yeah, freshman right now, 2025. Oh, that's such an ugly year. That, I, I, I agree. <laughs> no, a lot of shade. Those, mm, 2022 is just the best year by far. Everything else could go. Yeah. <laughs> no offense, David. 2024 is eh, it's not Aww. it. <laughs> but I would definitely tell them, like, on a similar line to what I just said, like, think about the type of college experience that you want to have. Like, outside of the things that you want to learn and the things that you want to do, like, what type of experience you want to have? Who do you want to be immersed around? What type of living situation do you want to have, too? Because, like, the dorms at Princeton are very hit or miss. And I was missing consistently. (laughs) Like, when I tell you, sophomore year I was living in the Arch, in Blair Arch, when they used to have the arch things, I would have gouged my eyes out. 
Mind you, the dorm is only a hundred, like a hundred and one square feet. That was criminal. So when we got kicked off for COVID, I was like, "She, I couldn't, I couldn't live in this dorm any longer anyway." And then freshman year, like just being in Maddie, it's very beautiful outside, but in terms of living there, no elevators, no AC, it's not the vibe. So definitely look into the type of living situation that you'll be walking into at the schools as well. And the dining hall, like little stuff on the day-to-day that is really going to impact your experience. You should definitely be intentional about um, thinking what you want and what that school can offer you. Great, great advice. And with that, we will get to the first of our two segments. We've done 50, 56 minutes. And we still, I don't have a name for this segment. If you, we need one. If you think okay. of one, let me know. But yes, it, it's, the segment still needs a name. But yeah, I always ask the guests to come with five songs that I think describe who they are as a person. But I really leave it up to their interpretation. Um, very open-ended question. And so, with that being said, Gabby, can we get the first song? Of course, I'll give y'all one for honorable mention because I couldn't decide. But the first song is W by Coffee and Gunna. Because. Because the lyrics just, she said, load the L's, take the W. Like, you know, life is going to come with L's, but I'm always giving praise to the um, most high. Like, shout out God because he really be looking out for me all the time. Um, I just love that song. It's a really nice kind of like Caribbean vibe. And then Gunna slides on the beat. Mm, mm, He's it mm. up. <laughs> so yeah, it's a great song. It's on my like starting my day playlist. I like to listen to it before a class to pump me up and really make me appreciative because sometimes that's hard. Love um, that. Song number two. Forever Humble by Blast. Um, just go listen to the song. I was going to say, I don't, I don't think I know that one. Okay. Yeah, Forever listen Humble. Listen to the song, listen to the lyrics. I said what I said. Like, I feel him on that song. And then this is quite literally an oxymoron because the next song is Cocky as Fuck by <laughs> So you're forever humble but also cocky as fuck. Exactly. Which I understand 1,000%. It makes exactly. sense. Exactly. It makes sense. She said, I'm number one. I tell bitches with two to Period. I, Megan was talking her shit <laughs> the whole song. Like, that is, yeah. Yeah. Okay, and song number four? Um, Superstar by Usher. That's a beautiful throwback right there. It just makes me want to lather some nice lotion and oil <laughs> on my skin and light a candle. Like, that's great. Um, whoever the love of my life is has to dedicate that song to me. Like, it's going to play at my wedding. If you're listening, exactly. you're, you're here, and Gabby's giving you the tips right Period. now. <laughs> you need to come with that energy. And then Draft Day by Drake. Draft like, Whoa, yeah. that's insane because the last episode, that was also one of the songs mm-hmm. by Kevin O'Toole because he got drafted to the MLS. Oh, congrats. Whoa, that's actually insane. Who I didn't think that, that's actually kind of crazy. Yeah, Whoa. draft day definitely because it's like application season right now. I feel like the next phase of my life is kind of up in the air because there are so many different directions it could take. But regardless, it's draft day. I'm getting my shit done. Oh, and there's a specific lyric. Okay, let's hear it. Um, we're talking about manifesting. I'm gonna have to incorporate that. What's your favorite line from any of the songs? Yeah, I might, I might incorporate that. You should see. Look at you getting ideas. Look, exactly. We always go with the flow, just growing. <laughs> Dang, where is it? You gonna have to cut this part out. I that that ain't no it. problem. Well, it's okay. Mm. Get Ezra on it immediately. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> He said, man, that boy grown up quick. That boy know he the shit. That boy singing on every song when he know he could spit. That boy manifested it. That boy knew it was written. That boy did it on purpose. That boy shitting on you. 
that boy know that they shitting on you and they can't get past you. Period. Period. Everything That's I it. said, I did. I manifested it beforehand, and I knew it was going to come to fruition. So, love that. Love perfect place to put a pin on that segment. Yeah. Love that. Um, I'm so, I love that segment. That's a great segment. Okay, now the final one, the longest running segment on the show, Tiger Confessions. Ooh, so cha. the first one. Now these are pretty. These are pretty tame. Not too crazy. Uh, Low key, it kind of fell off. There's be some like fun juicy. questions on juicy <laughs> questions, and I'll be scrolling through. I'm like, damn, I can't even find nothing to talk about. The bicker's gonna make it lively. Honestly, true. I'm just gonna search keyword bicker next okay. next <laughs> next week. That's all we're talking about. Um, first question says, and we kind of touched on this a little bit. Any second term semesters losing their motivation already? Question mark. I'm so done with this damn place and want and just want to get out already. Too. Well, I'm gonna give them a light. I don't want that to be a lapid, but yeah. <laughs> Deep down, I feel like every senior, especially, can feel that because, like, Princeton just sucks you dry because it makes you work really hard instead of allowing you to work smart at times. So yeah, I'm tired. Once this thesis is done, woo, I'll be free. <laughs> when's your When's your thesis deadline? Um, I know we have a full draft due March fourth, so. I don't even look at, like, the actual date. March 4th is where my tunnel vision is at right now. So I like that, which is why I will release it a Firestone in a few, in a few minutes. Yeah. Um, okay, and for me, yeah, I, I agree. I think our class is probably the most frustrated with Princeton because we've been here the most semesters with COVID-5. Mm-hmm. Next year, it'll be more, hopefully not. Yeah. Hopefully, it'll be, right, like, completely normal next year. No mess, no nothing, but... We'll wait and see. So yeah, I've I've been over it for a very long time. I would say since I came back from COVID, I've been over it. Mm-hmm. Getting a job already makes you even be more over it. Yeah. Everything you do here just seems that less important. Mm-hmm. It's like, why are you making me write this art history paper? I don't really care about the six the real classes. Co- <laughs> yeah, really okay. blows me. Like yeah. I already re- met my requirements. Like, yeah. why do I have to? Yeah, exactly. So there's just so much that you get annoyed with and you're just all over it. So yes, I completely agree. I've been over it for a long time, which is why I'm just trying to enjoy the little bit of time I have left on campus with my friends and finish out my college years on a very, very high high. Um, So yeah, that's that. And then the second question says, if GPA wasn't used in admissions for grad school and getting a job after graduation, would you still care about it? And if so, why? Well, I would because the number is there and it's like it kind of feeds your ego. So, like, if it really didn't matter, I wouldn't care about it. But if it really didn't matter, it wouldn't be there. That's the thing at the end of the day. But I've always known that it's like GPA in tandem with other things. So I never cared about it too much. Like, I'm going to keep it above a certain level, but I don't, I'm not anal about it being a 4.0. Yeah. Yeah, and honestly, my answer is very short and sweet, and that's just no. <laughs> if it didn't matter for jobs or graduation or for, uh, like, post-grad plans, no. Because at the end of the day, and there's many arguments to be had about here, does getting the highest GPA really, really mean that you're learning the most? And I, don't, and I don't think so. And I will, it, yeah, so I, so I was, uh, like I said, pre-med engineering. Mm-hmm. My first three semesters here, when I took what like only two non-STEM classes, like Spanish writing STEM, mm-hmm. my GPA was in the gutter, horrible, and I had never ever ever worked harder in my life, mm-hmm. never ever. Since then, neuroscience, but chiller than pre-med engineering, taking so many different fun classes, actually learned so much more, 
I wouldn't even say that like I'm studying as hard because maybe because I'm enjoying it more doesn't feel like I'm studying as hard and I've been able to learn so much more. GPA out of sight, out of mind, the GPA has been so much better. So when I was actually worried about it because like, oh, I need a good GPA to get into medical school, that's when it was trash. When I haven't really cared, like got my job doing this, just like vibing out, taking cool classes, GPA has been so much higher. So Mm -hmm. I'm just delusioned with the whole fact that like the GPA is the end all be all. My parents are always like GPA, GPA, GPA. It's like, like, relax. It's... It's not the end of the world. It's not on our um, diploma either. Exactly. And a lot of the things, like a lot of the integral learning that's really going to make you into like an emotionally intelligent person, empathetic person, just a good person happens outside of the classroom. Exactly. And that's something we could spend even another hour on because I've grown by far the most every single summer that I've been here. Mm-hmm. Every summer, which are on campus. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's that. But this has been a phenomenal episode. It's probably one of my favorites that I've recorded. Ah. Gabby. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on. Do you have any final words for the people? Um, I hope you enjoyed our chit chat session. I did. We went through many different highs and lows. Exactly. Moral of the story: Maybe I should go rewatch High School Musical. <laughs> yeah, yes, 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 yes. Moral of the story: You should. You should. Um, and yeah, uh, all I got is kind of like what we've just been. enjoy your time here. It goes by fast. Meet as many people as possible. Join clubs, have fun. The GPA, yeah, whatever, doesn't matter as much. Mm-hmm. And as always, go with the flow. Period. This has been another episode. Thank you for listening. Ooh.